1: if she could she could speak tonight, and I said, well, yeah, I think that would be a good idea, and uh, so I was very uh, encouraged by her willingness to step up, because uh, sometimes when we get the people, to, the, even the leaders, sometimes there's like fear and trembling, and they don't want to, you know, get up here, but um, we're all family, so she was very bold, so I want you to, um, let's say, we're going to say a prayer, but then we're going to welcome Amber up here in just a minute, so let's just start with prayer. Father, we just thank you for um, time together, Lord, and we just thank you now, Lord, for this time in the Word. I just ask that each heart be open and receptive to receive the Word that Amber has from you. We know it's straight from the throne of God, and I just thank you that she is um, led by the Holy Spirit, and that even if there's something that uh, comes to her mind or heart to say that she hadn't planned on saying, that I thank you that, that she will say it and she will be obedient to you, and we just Thank you for her willingness in Jesus' name, amen. So, we're gonna have Amber.
0: All right, <laughs> all right. Thank you. So, I've, I don't know everyone's name, um, but my name's Amber, and I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm 39 years old. I have two daughters, 18 and 15. Charles and I will have been married for 20 years in September. We are transplanted Texans. We moved to Mississippi about three years ago. Came from New Mexico to Mississippi, Texas. We were in ministry, and that took us to New Mexico. And then when that door closed, God brought us here. So we're just going on our third year, right? Yeah. So um, it's a little different, but I love it. I love our church home. Passion has became home to us. You know, when we were in Texas, we had that church home, that family, and we felt like we wandered for almost three years looking for that community because we're created for relationship with God and relationship with the body of Christ. And when we came here, we felt that, we found that. And so we feel like we're home, we're not wanderers anymore. So um, I'm just privileged and honored to be able to share with you ladies what God has put on my heart today. Um, Something that God has been dealing with me, you know, He gives us the lesson, and then he lets us take the test, right? And sometimes we have to take the test two or three times, maybe more. And um, one thing I wanted to talk about tonight is the battle belongs to the Lord. We all have battles. We all have struggles. And the battle's not ours, though. God is our battle fighter. We are his warrior. Each of you ladies If you have made Jesus your Lord and Savior, you are a daughter of the king. You are a princess warrior. And you're God's warrior. But what do you do when the enemy comes against you like a flood? What do you do when you get bad news or when the battle's raging all around you and sometimes you can't see through the storm because of everything that's going on? Um, God... I've been, I feel like the last few years has been that kind of battle for me and my family, and God reminded me of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 20, and I want to share that with you ladies tonight. So we're going to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to, I use the Bible app because when we moved into this house, my Bible got packed away in the very back of the storage, so... I've been using the Bible, the phone on my Bible. It's Second Chronicles, chapter twenty, and we're going to start in verse two. So, the um, someone came to Jehoshaphat and said, "A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar." Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. You know, the first thing that stuck out to me is although he was alarmed, he determined that he was going to inquire of the Lord. He didn't run to his friends and, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? How are we going to, you know? No, he said, I'm going to seek God. So not only him, but he had all his people seek God with him. So they called a fast. The people of Judah came together to seek the Lord for help. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard, and he said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? And give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name, and we will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance? Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. How often when we're in the middle of battle is that how we feel? We have no power to face what's in front of us. But God says, it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So all the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on and forgive me if I don't say these names right. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jahazael, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of ja- Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the army, for the battle is not yours. But God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerel. You know what caught me there? Is not only did God come to him and say, Do not be afraid, but he also told them where they'd be. Because you know, he knows everything, he is everywhere at all times, right? So not only is he encouraging them, The battle's not yours, don't be afraid. He told them. He told them where they would be. So he says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So then King Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And the very best part, it says in verse 22, As they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. And after they were finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy each other. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army, all they could see were dead bodies. It took them three days to gather the plunder and carry it back. This vast army was probably bigger than your eyes could see. And they did nothing but worship God. I mean, he put worshipers in the front lines. And they were obedient and they trusted in the word of the Lord. So the first thing he did was inquire of God. Inquire of God and seek wise counsel. You know, when bad news comes our way, whether it be health, whether it be finances, whether it be whatever you're facing, the first thing, inquire of God and seek wise counsel because God puts men and women in our life to guide us. Proverbs 24.6 says, for by wise guidance, you can wage your war. An abundance of counselors, there is victory. Now, I want to caution you, be selective on who you seek counsel for. Not everyone's going to guide you in the right direction. So you want to make sure that it's godly counsel, someone that you can trust, right? The second thing he did was he called a fast. He fasted before God. He set. He dedicated himself to the Lord to seek his face. Um, he decided, you know, he's going to put out all the the stuff that comes against you, all the thoughts, all the voices that compete for our attention. And he sought the face of God. The third thing he did is he heard from God. He was willing to hear. His ears were open. His heart was open. He blocked out all the outside noise. And with all those people, I'm sure that in a group that big, there were people grumbling, complaining, fretting. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? This big army is going to come against us and destroy and take away everything God's given us. You know, what are we going to do? He put all that out. He blocked it out and he focused on God. He was willing to hear from the Lord. And we have to do the same thing. We have to set aside time to focus on Jesus. Sometimes when I feel like, The outside world is just getting in, that battle's raging, and my thoughts are going crazy because, guys, the battle's up here, right? If we can control what's going on in our mind, we've already won that battle. So sometimes I'll go in my room and I'll shut the door, and I'll just sit there and just say, Jesus, 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 over, and I'll just block out everything else, and it's hard because our natu- our human tendency is to focus on all the negative, all the lies that the enemy is trying to put into our mind, but we have to train our minds that we constantly, the first place we go is Jesus, right? We just put on the blinders, you know, and we go straight there. And at the name of Jesus, peace comes. The name of Jesus, every knee must bow, and every tongue must confess that he is Lord. The fourth thing he did was he worshiped. And I believe that this is such a crucial point. Worship is one of our greatest weapons. God inhabits the praises of his people. And King David knew this all too well. The Psalms is full of examples. I mean, David, he was a mighty warrior, right? And he knew it was God who was his deliverer. But you can see where in the Psalms, as you read through them, he fretted, but there was always a but God, right? He never allowed that fear to take over and control his mind. He says in Psalms 144, verses 1 through 2, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war. And my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and in whom I take refuge. He subdues peoples under me. And through the Psalms, you'll see every situation. David was always coming before God in worship. He was he always brought his cares and his worries before God. And like I said, yes, he he you can see where he fretted and he grumbled, but he never stopped stayed there he never camped there he always was full of praise and worship and the battle belongs to the lord and i believe the greatest tool we have to overcome is through praise and worship the fifth thing he did king jehoshaphat did is that he had faith and he trusted what god said and he encouraged others to have faith too I was listening to a sermon by Bill Johnson this week, and he said, bold faith stands on the shoulders of quiet trust. And that just hit me like a rock. Bold faith stands on the shoulders of quiet trust. Because isn't that what it boils down to? Do we trust the God we serve? Do we trust that he is more than enough? Do we trust that he is going to come through? Do we trust that he is going to fulfill his word and his promises to us? And I think when we get down to the bare bones of it, that, and and we can be real with ourselves and real with God. Okay, God, I'm struggling in this trust department, but Lord, forgive my disbelief and grow me. Right? He just... He's faithful, and he does that. Psalms 28.7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts, and with my song I will thank him. Psalms 44.5 says, Through you, we will push back our adversaries. Through your name, we will trample down those who rise up against us. It's through God. He's our battle fighter. All we have to do is trust. And guys, this is where knowing the word is so important because when the enemy comes against you like a flood, he's going to come against you with every lie in the book. If you know the word, God's gonna bring that word back to your mind and you're gonna be able to use the word of God to quiet the mouth of the enemy. So on the morning of the battle, King Jehoshaphat put his worshipers on the front lines, and as they worshiped, they watched God destroy their enemies. Praise and worship is an expression of faith and a declaration of victory. It declares that we believe God is with us and is in control of the outcome of all our circumstances. I don't have it perfect. I don't, I haven't arrived 100%. I struggle in the trust and faith area, but I have found that when I will just shut it all the other noise out and I will seek to just praise and worship and spend that time with the Lord, he builds my faith and he solidifies in my heart that he is God. He is my father. He is my daddy. And he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Romans 8.28 says God works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his glory. Do you love God? You're called. You're his. One of my favorite examples of the power of praise and worship is in Acts 16, verses 23 through 26. It's about Paul and Silas. They get arrested. They get severely flogged and thrown into prison. Let's think about this for a minute. It's not the prison of today's time. This is a dank, dark, stinky dungeon. Their ankles were in shackles, and it's very likely their wrists were in shackles too. Okay, I mean, this was the worst of the worst, and not only were they in prison, but they were severely beaten first. But in verse 25, It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors opened and everyone's chains came loose. Isn't that an amazing picture? That even in their darkest moment at this time, they chose to praise and to worship. And as they did, God caused a giant earthquake that would break the chains off of them and all the prisoners. And you know, yes, that happened in the physical, but that will happen in the spiritual for us as well. And as we will do that, if we will be obedient to have that heart, that mindset, not only will the chains in our lives break off but the chains in the people's lives around us that watch us, because I promise you, sisters, we are being watched, (laughs) and they will see, and they will want it too, and they will be free. That is so exciting. You know, he came to set the captives free. That is Jesus' heart for each one of us. This is the kind of God we serve, a miracle-working God, a God who is always working things out for our good, whatever it may be. You know what's even amazing to me is even if it's a hole we dug ourselves, even if we put ourselves there, he is faithful and he is just, and when we surrender and we cry out to him, he lifts us up, and he helps us get back on the right track. Hmm. I know that we all have things going on in our lives. I know that for some of us, and I have felt this way in the recent past, that the battle is raging all around us and we feel hopeless. But I'm here to tell you that there's hope. There is never a situation that that we will face that is not hopeless because we are children of the Most High God. And everything that he has given to his son, Jesus Christ, he has given to us because we are co heirs with Christ. When we said yes to him, we said yes to all his goodness, right? And it was a gift. Psalms 100, verse 4 says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Make all your requests known to God. He knows what you have need of. And this is where building relationships come in really handy. Because there are some days we just don't feel like we can get up and do it on our own. There are some days we don't feel like we can lift our head. But God's given us sisters that will on those days come beside us, link their arms with ours, and help us lift our head. He knew. He knew that we would need each other. Where I'm weak, you're strong. Where you're weak, I'm strong. And it's in this relationship, in this body of Christ, that we will be strong together. Praise manifests God's presence and sends the enemy running. Psalms 46, 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though mountains shake with the swelling thereof. It says, God is our refuge when all these things happen, when the battles rage against us, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, this roaring lion, right? God's our refuge, he's our strength, and he is our very present help, present right here, right now, never leaving us, never forsaking us, always here. And I'll, I'll end with this, Psalms 23. Such a beautiful, beautiful chapter. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or some translations say, even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. Now get that. It says says through, through the shadow of the valley of death. You're not walking through the valley of death. You're walking through the shadow of it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We have got to become more connected to what God has said about us, to the point where we're constantly declaring it over our lives. Declare over your life, I shall not want. I shall not want for anything. There is no lack. I am not in lack. There's no lack in him. I am rich in Christ. Even though I may be facing a challenge, in Christ, there's no limitations, no restrictions, no restraints, only advances and breakthroughs. You know, the word says that when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, when we make him our boss and we walk beside, beside him, he will provide all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my pastor. I shall not lack. One of the most important times to speak opposite of circumstances is when you are in the middle of what looks impossible. Don't reinforce what the devil says about you. Find out what God says about you. Be in the word. If you don't know where to start, there is a great reading plan that I have followed for many, many years that has helped me to learn What God says about me and who I am in Christ, and I'd love to share that with you. Every time the enemy comes against you with his lies, counter it with the truth. And be in relationships with each other. Like I said, we need each other. God puts people in our lives for a reason, and the enemy wants to isolate us because he knows their strengths in numbers. You know, the word says where two or more gathered in my name, I'm there. And that's, um, that's in Matthew 18, 20. Don't buy into the lie of the enemy that says you have to do this on your own or that maybe no one understands or, you know, what I'm going through. No one else is going to understand or I'm by myself or I have to deal with it by myself. That's a lie of the enemy. The enemy wants to keep us isolated, separated, apart. That's not God's plan. We were created with for relationship with him and relationship with each other. You are a daughter of the king, a princess warrior, loved and cherished, and God is your battle fighter. I want to take a few minutes and I want to worship. I picked two songs and I just want to take a few minutes and worship. And if anyone needs prayer, if you're going through a battle, you just whatever it may be, you're not alone. And we will pray for you. And we will link arms with you. And we will walk life out with you. Um, and whoever usually helps with the prayer, if if y'all want to be available to pray over the ladies, that would be awesome. All right, Angie, we're ready.
2: The word says, for the spirit of heaviness,
3: put on the garment of praise.
2: That's how we fight our battles. This is how I fight my battles.
3: This is how I fight my battle. This is how I fight my battle. What we're doing tonight? This is how I fight my battle.
2: Just when you think you're lost.
3: It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Hey! This is how we fight on bed, this is how we fight our bed. This is how we fight on that. This is how we fight on that. This is how we fight on that.
1: Are suffering from oppression or depression, or any kind of spirit that's coming against you, come on down, come down to the altar. We're inviting you to come and have people that love you, to agree with you, and pray with you. Peace. So don't be afraid,
2: bring it when you all need to something, peace. Run, come on down. A storm surrounding come on down. me, let it break. Let your name, still call the seed to still. The rage in me to steal every way Call these bones to live. Call these lungs to sing once again. Praise Jesus, Jesus. You make the darkness true. Jesus, Jesus. Silence fear.
3: Jesus.
2: Home surrounding me, let it break at your name still. Call the sea to still.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast today.